Hi, I'm Erin, a strategic money mastery coach on a mission to create a wealthy woman movement because I believe that wealthy women will change the world. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast for creative female entrepreneurs looking to gain financial freedom. Over the last decade, I have learned how to capitalize on my time and streamline my business to work smarter, not harder. This podcast will include money-related mindset and management tips, as well as practical business advice so you can do the same. I've brought multiple businesses to six and seven figures, co-developed a real estate empire with my sweet hubby Brent, and that has allowed us to pay off all debt, purchase our dream home, take vacations around the world, and spend more quality time with our two daughters, Ava and Jude. I'm on a mission to help women entrepreneurs like you grow profitable, aligned businesses that ultimately build your personal wealth so that your biz is a true catalyst to living your dream life. Abundance is yours for the taking. So grab your notebook and your favorite drink and let's get into it. Hello, wealthy women. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Woman Podcast. I am so excited to have Mariah on the podcast today. Welcome, Mariah. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you. Mariah and I are friends from a previous mastermind, and she is a genius when it comes to visibility. So today we're going to talk about how to 10x your visibility to lead to high paying clients. But before we jump into all that goodness, Mariah, will you just share with the audience a little bit about who you are and inside and outside of the business? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Mariah Altoff. I am a freelance graphic designer, but mostly a graphic design teacher and mentor for other creatives that want to build successful freelance businesses. So I have been working for myself for seven years now, I think. Um, For the first five, I grew a multi six-figure design agency from my laptop. And um, now I help other people learn graphic design programs and then grow their businesses online. So um, outside of work, I am in St. Louis, Missouri. I am married. I have a bajillion cats and a dog and a baby on the way. And um, yeah, that's, that's me, I guess. Mariah has got like the coolest vibe ever. We met through a mastermind, like I mentioned, and her and I were like on Instagram, like we're both in the Midwest. Let's be friends. Yes. And that was a couple of years ago. And it's so fun to think that now we have, we're going to have daughters just a few months apart. Yeah. And yes, we've been able, I've been able yes. to learn so much from you, Mariah, about vice versa visibility. And it's so important to be visible. And every guest yeah. that I have on the show, I'm bringing on for a specific like expertise that helps Mm -hmm. the audience grow their wealth. And so I know that visibility and becoming visible is huge in helping to grow our business, which ultimately grows our personal wealth. So I'm so excited for our conversation today. Same. Yes. Uh, Visibility has been like the number one thing that's grown my business for the last seven years. So I can't wait to chat more. Yay. So 
visibility can be one of the hardest parts about being an entrepreneur totally because you know sometimes we have a hard time showing up and being seen um so talk to us about your journey with visibility um and how it has been that big factor for you in growing yeah so it kind of all to be honest really happened on accident at first well actually i'd say pretty much the whole time. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, it really goes back all the way to when I first started my freelance business. I truly had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea how to get clients. And what I did know was in my like corporate jobs, you would go to networking events, like in-person networking events, and you'd hand out your business cards and you'd like make small talk with all these strangers that like probably weren't going to buy from you. And <laughs> I went to several of those and I, hated it every single time. I hated it. Um, and then one day I was driving to one of those meetings and I was like, you know what? I actually don't, didn't decide to work for myself to do things that I hate. So I'm going to figure out how to not do that. Um, and I didn't want to like cold email, like thing being like, <sighs> so I don't, there's a certain way that like, I like to sell and it's not like, as invasive as cold outreach or, um, networking events and things like that. So I was like, how do I find, how do I have clients find me and reach out to me? That was what felt really good for like my personality and how I feel really comfortable and confident <laughs> in my business. So that's actually when I started realizing that I could grow a business online and, um, in the beginning, I started blogging and using Pinterest to get my blog post out there. And that within just a few months of like, just focusing on that, I booked several clients around the world. Um, I was getting like, I think I went from like 50 page views a month to like 5,000 page views a month within a few, <laughs> within a few months. Um, and I was even getting like, even all the way back then I had some bigger brands that would reach out to me and be like, Hey, do you want to be an affiliate, um, for our program or Hey, like use this product for free and see how you like it. Like I was, people were coming to me. So it was exactly what I wanted. Um, and then as time has evolved, I have sort of found new avenues of, how I become visible. Those blog posts still bring me a lot of SEO traffic and Pinterest traffic. They've lived on way past <laughs> I ever what I ever imagined. Um, and now I also like had dabbled in YouTube videos for a minute to see if that's what I liked. I didn't really love it, but those live and bring me traffic. <laughs> and um, now my thing is TikTok and that has been huge for me as well. So that's kind of like my journey with all of this and growing really organically in a way that feels really good to me so that people can find me who need my help. I love it. You had this vision of people finding you. Yes. And that's how you, your, what your journey has been. Um, okay. I know you can be I want you to brag on yourself. Okay. Mariah, like, <laughs> what do you feel like are your strengths when it comes to visibility? Like you and I, yeah. I we've talked, I know we were chatting 
we we were on a walk a couple days ago and we were talking about how like you are so good at visibility. I love the sales. So talk to us, like, what are your, your hidden like strengths? What are you really good at? Because as people maybe hear what you're saying, they're like, Ooh, I could lean into that. Yes. Um, I think the biggest piece is dropping perfectionism. I think a lot of, a lot of even just my like coaching clients, it's really hard for them to like, feel like whatever they're going to put out is good enough for potentially thousands of people to see, but you don't actually know if anybody's going to see it until you put it out. So I'm really good at just being like, well, I've fully made a living of like potentially embarrassing myself on the internet for years now. So like, who cares? Um, and also in the beginning, people probably aren't going to see it for a minute anyway. So like, you just have to start and figure out what works for you and figure out what you like and what your audience likes and what resonates with people. But like the more you just do and like let down your guard and not care about the tiny details or how you might look or what people might think of you, the better and easier (laughs) it's going to be. Um, I even like, I had a TikTok a few months ago. Actually, it was probably like a year ago now. I like had like a giant word fully misspelled in it, but like it got 20,000 views. And I'm like, well, (laughs) like (laughs) it's, it's eyeballs, man. Like it's fine. So like just letting it be okay. And like, not letting that be like what ruins your week. Cause it just quite literally doesn't matter. And nobody else is thinking that hard about what you're doing. And, um, nobody's going to remember that you spelled a word wrong or looked like whatever. Like It just doesn't matter. <laughs> so the first thing would be dropping perfectionism. Um, mm-hmm. that's something I've gotten very good at. <laughs> yes. Drop the per- I know you've taught me that. Don't worry yes. about changing your hair and makeup and yes. shirt all the time, Aaron. Yes. Nobody cares. Content. <laughs> you don't need to like have like a perfectly set up, like ficus plant behind you. Literally nobody cares. Just like if you're creating good content, that's all people care about. If you can help them, if you can inspire them, if you can entertain them, other than that, they really don't care. You can show up in your pajamas. Nobody cares. Um, in fact, make that your brand who cares. (laughs) So, um, and I think too, in general, like social media has become such like a really picture perfect kind of place. And I think a lot of us are like really tired of that. So just often authenticity in general is very attractive to people right now. Yeah. So, but even with like blog posts or whatever you're deciding to do, it just, just get it out there. You can tweak it later if you want to, but just get it out. (laughs) Um, and then my other biggest thing is just like finding what feels really good to me and just focusing on that. I, I've gotten pretty good at drowning out the noise of like, okay, well, this is what this person's doing. And this is what this person's doing. And like, well, maybe I should be doing this because they're making a lot of money doing that. And I get sucked into that sometimes still, but then I'm like, well, but actually I don't want to do any of that. (laughs) So let me find the things I do want to do, or that feel really good to me, or that feel fun and just do those things and get really good at it. Um, so I'd say those are like the two biggest pieces for me. Like I don't really ever do Instagram anymore. I don't like Instagram and I don't want to do it. So I stopped doing it and it has not impacted my revenue or my traffic or anything like, so, and I'm like, I really like TikTok right now. So I'm just going to do TikTok. So 
I'd say those are like my two biggest pieces of advice for why I've been able to grow so big so quickly. Yeah. So tell us about your journey a little bit with TikTok. I mean, you can, you started on a newer platform, you grew a ton and now you're having brand partnerships, brands reaching out to you, brands flying you to California (laughs) and paying for your means because you're one of their top um, collaborators and, you know, affiliates. So you are amazing at this. So tell us about your journey on TikTok and like how, you know, how did you get to where you are now? What was the beginning like? So it took me a really long time to want to get on TikTok. I was a consumer for a long time, loved the app, um, but was really afraid to like do it because I'm like, this is like unknown territory. I don't know what I'm getting myself into, but of all people, my mom for months was like, you have to get on TikTok. You need to be on TikTok. Why is your business not on TikTok? I'm like, I know mom. Okay. (laughs) So I finally did it. And the first couple videos, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like YouTubing tutorials of like, how do I use this app? Like just not even like strategically. I'm just literally, how do I film in it? I don't know. (laughs) Um, And made my first few videos and one of them kind of took off. And so then I sort of made that into a series and just made it up as I went (laughs) and um, realized that it's really like, it's a platform that I understood pretty quickly and it's really easy to make content once you like kind of get your groove. And I was like, this is kind of awesome. So, um, in a year I grew to, I think it was like 25,000 followers. And I probably only posted six months of that year. Um, cause I, I don't do anything consistently. It's not my thing. It's, I've just learned that that will not be a thing that I do. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it, it just really like took off for me. So that's been my platform of choice ever since. And because it has such a big reach and the algorithm is so specific, it's really been helpful in growing my audience in a way that like the people that are finding me are exactly the type of people that need my help or need some sort of like need a confidence boost or need my inspiration, like inspirational stories or whatever. And, um, are tend to like be a lot warmer of leads because they can binge my video content and then get on my email list and then go through my courses and, or, join my coaching or whatever, um, because they've been able to learn from me and have some quick wins just for my free TikTok content. I love it. And you know, so much of it with visibility people will preach is to be consistent. And you just said, I wasn't consistent. So like, tell us, tell me, how does that work? (laughs) So here's the thing is really, truly my whole business model is like, do what feels good when it feels good and don't do things you hate. And I like have some chronic health issues that like flare up from time to time. And I just can't 
do like, I can't have the amount of output that I would like to have. Um, I also just like, sometimes I'm more motivated to do other things and I just don't want to create content for a while. So I just don't. And this is how it's been. My whole business is like, I'll, I, even when I started, I would go through phases where I would blog consistently for like two months. And then I just wouldn't for another three. And then I'd blog some more. Like, it's just, I create content that can live on organically and in an evergreen way. And when I add more content, then great. And then when I don't, that's fine too. Like as long as that content isn't super time sensitive, like, and it can just be evergreen, then people can still find it. And I can still help people even when I'm not in a mood to create content. So I genuinely don't really think you have to be consistent. I think you have to be consistent enough to learn what works and what doesn't and figure out what your thing is. But if you need to take breaks, take breaks because it just, it's, it's fine. Nobody's dying. Like, (laughs) it's like, take care of you, do what feels good to you and just trust that people will find your content when they need it so good. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's not like the most like strategic plan, but like it does work and it's gotten you huge places. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I think it's for, well, for my energy, it's so good because I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm like the, I gotta, yo, gotta show up. I gotta do it right. I gotta be so consistent. And, and I think for people listening to, it's going to be such a, uh, breath of fresh air to be like, okay, you know, I do have to post enough to see patterns, to see trends. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about strategy in that it needs to be evergreen mm-hmm. content that people can, you know, binge watch and, you know, all those types of things, but it's also taking that like, and also you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to do it all the time and like, just breathe a little. Exactly. I yeah. I just genuinely don't believe that any of us get into like our own businesses to just drain ourselves, to burn ourselves out, to do things we hate. And so like my main thing is just creating a business that like fits really well with my life and what I want to be doing and my energy levels. And that's like the number one reason I really got into like freelance coaching as well is because like, that's what matters to me. Like, I don't want you to build a business that just like burns you out and that's not, that's not what we do this for, you know? Yes. This is such another big nugget in this conversation, because I think so many of us start into entrepreneurship so that we can have that life. And a lot of times at the beginning, you have to hustle, you have to grind in order to make the dollars. And then we just keep freaking doing it. And we're like 10 years in and we're like, why are we doing this? Yes. Yes, exactly. And also like, we're all going to have slow seasons in our businesses. So like use those slow seasons to like create more evergreen content. And then when you're busy with client work or doing this or traveling or whatever, focus on that and just trust that like, you'll come back to the content creation when you have the time and energy to do that again. So, um, yeah, that's kind of been my thing. And I still get inquiries all the time. I haven't posted on my TikTok in probably two months at this point, which like I'm ready. I need to get back on, but I've 
still gained probably a thousand new followers. Um, I've been asked to be on two different podcasts in the last week and a half. I like, I, people are still coming to me, so it's fine. And in the back end, I'm updating all my online courses. So like, I don't have time to create content. I'm doing other things in my business, but I still have all these leads and inquiries coming my way. So it's been pretty clutch. Mariah, thank you for helping us chill out and remember why we're doing this in the first place. (laughs) That is actually my superpower is like, let's not take any of this too seriously. (laughs) Like we're not saving lives. Let's like be happy while we do these cool things. Like, (laughs) I love it, Mariah. (laughs) We should have you come back on the show just to talk about that more. I love it. Deal done. (laughs) As people are listening, I know they're resonating with you. They're resonating with this idea of needing to become more visible. So what would you say is sort of a first step for someone who wants to increase their visibility? So I always tell my clients, just pick one platform. If you want to like dabble on a couple just to see what you like, that's fine. But then once you find the one that feels really good to you and you know that your clients or audience is hanging out on in some capacity, then just go all in on that. I think there's a lot of pressure to, um, I guess be everywhere all the time. And I actually think that that's like a really bad idea, at least to start with. Um, I always say pick one platform, get really, really good at it get it figured out, have that work for you. And then once you're in that place where you are like, okay, I'm a master at this platform, then you can add another platform. Um, but don't try to be on six different platforms fully all at once, because you're probably just actually going to be crappy at all of them. Um, so pick one and just go all in. Um, yeah, I'd say that's like my number one piece of advice every time is pick a platform and go, go in fully. I think that's so important because especially as entrepreneurs, I think, and women who are full of lots of ideas and creativity and we're like, let's do it all. And then we do nothing good. And then we don't, you know, nothing fully to the extent that it could be. And then we get frustrated and then we stop showing up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's like a being, what you, like a jack of all trades, but a master of none, just like master one thing at a time. <laughs> so I love that. Yes. I love that. What do you have any additional, like overall advice you have for somebody who is at some point of their journey in growing their visibility? I'd say like my next piece of advice is make sure that your content is actually content that your audience wants. <laughs> um, for example, like I work with a lot of graphic designers And a lot of the designers that I work with have been posting content about like, here's where to download fonts, but like they're, that's helpful for like junior designers. That's not helpful for their potential clients. You know what I mean? So making sure that the, the content you're putting out actually just speaks to your expertise and the transformations that you provide for your clients, um, versus like how-to tutorials of stuff you do for them, I guess. Like don't teach them how to do it themselves. If you're trying to find clients who want to pay you top dollar to do it for them. So making sure the content is actually resonating with your audience is 
really important and impactful. Okay. So I know you said you haven't posted super recently on TikTok, but if you look at some of your recent content you've put together, mm-hmm. show, get help us get inside of your brain. Why did you choose to create that TikTok? Mm. The, like, how does it meet a need uh, of your potential client and align with like what you offer? Get us into the weeds a little bit here. So for a lot of my clients that I work with now, um, they either want to learn graphic design or are graphic designers and want to go freelance or are already freelancing, but like want to build and scale their businesses. So I make sure that I really speak to that transformation, either by like talking about results clients have had with me or just sharing my own story. People really love hearing about like how I've gotten to where I am, um, and showcasing that, like, you don't have to do all these extra fancy things. Like I didn't, I I was actually rejected from the design program at my college and people really love hearing that because they're like, Oh, wow, that makes it possible for me too. So inspiring content is really big for my audience specifically. Um, and then they also like some of my really, like some of my top videos are, For example, I did a whole series on design psychology because most of the people that I'm working with don't realize that graphic design is more than just about like creating something that looks pretty. There's actually like a lot of psychology and marketing science that goes behind it. Um, And so teaching them, like showing them examples of what that could look like versus like literally teaching them here's step-by-step design psychology practices. It's more of like, here's examples of like why this graphic is really successful. And people loved that because they're like, I had no idea. So kind of shifting their mindset, um, and showing them like maybe what they didn't know that they needed to know that content does really well. Short form video content specifically needs to be essentially like the spark notes of something that they could learn. So they do, I do do educational content, but it's mostly just like, here's the three bullet points of what you need to know about this. That gets them interested and wanting to learn more. So then they go to my link in bio and take whatever action because that piqued their interest. They're like, I need to know more about that. And all of these other things that I realize I don't know yet. So, um, yeah, I guess content that piques their interest, that inspires them, or that teaches them something that they didn't realize that they should know. Does that Mm. make sense? Yes. Okay. And I think like the way that you figured this out, I know like one thing you said at the beginning was just putting out content and then seeing what performs. So seeing what's performing finding the themes behind the stuff that's performing that's then popping off. Mm-hmm. And I know also in our, when we were having a walk and chat, you talked about how you do some market research by just like asking people to get on calls with you yes. to then figure out, can you talk about that a little bit more? So people, I know like a big thing about showing up is like, what do I talk about? Mm-hmm. So how have you figured out what to talk about? And I know that was one of the ways that you've done that. Yeah. Well, so the easiest way is like, as I'm starting to put out content, people are asking questions in my comments and I can answer those questions in new videos. So that's like a super easy way to just figure out what people actually want to know and what they're curious about. Um, 
but the, yeah, I do, I'd say a few times a year, we'll do market research calls where I'll reach out to either like my whole audience or a subsection of my like newsletter that I know would be a really good fit for what I'm looking for. And we'll hop on calls with like five to 10 of them, just like 20 minute zoom calls and pick their brain about whatever new program or offering that I'm looking at creating. Um, and just figuring out like, how can I actually help them? What do they need help with right now in regards to, you know, when I first started offering freelance coaching, like here are people that I would love to work with. Let me sit down and chat with them and figure out what they actually need help with where they're at right now and how I can like change their lives with my services and free content. So I will take those zoom calls. I'll have them transcribed and then I'll pull out, um, like their pain points. They're like desires where they're currently at, where they want to be at, um, and kind of fill in the blanks with like, okay, here's how I can help them with those things. And then I'll create content around that and then make sure that whatever offers I'm putting together are solving those problems for them. So huge. I mean, that's, that's, that's why you have a large following and why you have great conversion is because you're going to them and figuring out what they want. Yeah. It's really easy to just guess. And then it's really even easier to guess wrong. (laughs) I've learned it took me a long time to like, be okay with getting on the, on calls with people. Um, but I actually learned people really love it because Hey, you can give them some like advice on those calls and help them in return for them, you know, giving you this information. And also they feel really supported and they feel like you really care. So having that kind of relationship with your audience is really cool too. I love that. So huge. Any other advice you'd give as somebody's continuing to build visibility? For people that are already like somewhat visible and are wanting to continue to build, I would say probably like market research calls or looking at what comments people are asking and making sure that the hook on your, like, okay, I guess I'm really just talking about like short form video, which is like very big right now. The hook on your videos needs to be really catchy. People have a really short attention span. They don't want all of the details. They just need to know how you can help them and how you can help them right now (laughs) Um, with like a quick tip or a quick win or a quick story or whatever to really get them engaged and excited about what you're talking about. But that hook is quite literally going to make or break your video. So in the first three seconds, if you don't reel in that viewer, they're going to swipe to the next one. Um, so just keep in mind that like whoever is consuming your content, create it for like the short attention span individual, which maybe I understand that really well, because that is me. (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to read paragraphs of anything. I want you give me the spark notes. I don't want to know any details. Um, so just keep that in mind that when people want details, they'll work with you in a higher capacity, give them like the short, sweet spark notes version and move on. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So good. So talk to me about your own story. Like when you started to do visibility and you started to go in like TikTok, we'll, we'll say like more recently, and um, you shared a little bit about that. What started happening? How did it impact your business? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I 
doubled my email list in a year, which I actually didn't even notice. I'm not really like a numbers person, as you know, (laughs) so I'm not good at like keeping track of those things for myself, but, um, I did open my like email marketing platform one day and was like, Oh wow. You know, I think this time last year, I only had like 4,000 subscribers and now I'm close to 10. (laughs) Like, um, and the only thing that changed was that I was on TikTok. So my email list doubled, which was wild. Um, and in that first year, I only live launched once, but I think it was around 70% of the people who enrolled in that course launch came from TikTok and had found me in the last couple of weeks. So it was then that I really realized like, oh, these leads are really warm. Like they warm up so much faster than my like blog posts or my email list, just like regular, um, like SEO people that find me in other capacities, like people who come from TikTok are really warm. Um, the other thing is I get a lot of DMS on Instagram of people who are like, Hey, I really love your content. Thank you so much for sharing. Here's where I'm at. And I'm able to like chat with in my DMS more, which also really helps with market research. Cause it's helpful for me to just be like, oh, okay, here's where people are at when they find me and the kind of people that I'm currently attracting with my content. Um, which either allows me to like get more content ideas or allows me to be like, okay, actually this isn't really the type of person that I'm trying to attract. How can I tweak my content accordingly? Um, so that's just helpful information too. And it allows me to build more personal relationships with my audience. And then I started getting brand deals that I didn't anticipate and had no idea was an option for me. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I've, it's allowed me to like add another revenue stream to my business, which is really cool. And I've now even gotten to a point where I'll create user generated content, where I create content for other brands, get paid for it. And I don't even have to post it on my feed, but they reach out to me because they know that I work with other brands and they've seen my page and they know that like, I can do X, Y, and Z for them. So yeah, it's added a whole other element to my business that I wasn't necessarily anticipating, but have really loved and brought in some really cool like partnerships and opportunities. Um, the biggest definitely being Adobe, which is really cool because I've been creating content about how to use Adobe programs for six years. And (laughs) now they like have found me and recognize me for that, which is really, really cool. So validating. Oh, Mariah, you are a wealth of knowledge. And I think that as people are listening, you know, the big part of this conversation that I want people to remember is like, don't take yourself too seriously. Stay in alignment, figure out how to serve people. That's what it's all about. Yes, truly. It really is. And just try it and see what happens and then tweak it as you go. Like it's just not, it's not a big enough deal to like stress over. Just, just see what happens. Who knows? You might work with Adobe a year later. Right. (laughs) I have this idea of like, this is like very Aaron personality meets Mariah of like, just having like a, a, a sheet of bubbles, like, okay, 80 
and all I mean just put out content just have fun just yes. play with it just fill yes. in the 80 bubbles don't get in your head don't try to it's not is it perfect am I wearing the right outfit oh my gosh I have the same shirt on in both of these next week yes. like just do it you know and have fun and see what works and you know you can tweak along the way so truly what matters is just getting your content out there and just seeing what sticks. And I promise you that the more you create, the more you're going to learn about yourself, what you enjoy creating and what your audience actually resonates with and what the app really likes truly. Um, and I promise you that none of those things are going to be like what shirt you're wearing. That's not going to impact anything. It's going to be your content, how you show up and what you're what you're putting out into the world. So don't worry about all the like artificial, superficial things that truly don't matter. Just create content, see what sticks and learn from what is performing well and keep making more of that. So good, Mariah. I feel like so many of us quit too early. I know mm-hmm. I have done that and we don't then have the data. We we're like giving, shorting ourselves on the learning because it takes a certain amount of content to get out there, to know what, what's performing and what the app likes and what we like. Yes. And we stop ourselves way too early. So thank you so much for that. And for yeah. bringing such a, a, calm energy and a chill around how we can grow our businesses and our wealth through visibility. This has been amazing. Yes. You're so welcome. That's, I love that that can be what I'm known for because that is so <laughs> my vibe. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Before we wrap up and yeah. people find out where to find you and all of that goodness, can you, we're going to do in these fun, rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Perfect. Ready. Okay. What's your earliest memory around money and how has that impacted you? (laughs) I'd say my most impactful memory um, was not a good one. And it's been one that I've been like trying to get over for a really long time. But um, my family was impacted by the recession in 2008 and my stepdad lost his job. And that like has carried with me for a long time. So I've spent a lot of my years as an adult, like really trying to tap get out of my scarcity mindset and really tap into an abundance mindset, which you have helped me with immensely. So it's a work in progress, but that's probably my like most pivotal memory with money. Thank you for being so honest. Yeah. You're an incredibly successful businesswoman. And sometimes it's so important to hear, like we still are growing and learning around our yes. money. So thank Always. you for sharing that. Always. What has been a money moment you're most proud of? So this one actually feels silly because it was actually when I realized I was like doing my bookkeeping one day in my business. And I realized that I had brought in a hundred thousand dollars worth of revenue over like lifetime value, like of my business. I think it'd been like two years and I like cried. I was like, I can't believe I did that. It wasn't when I hit hundred K in a year, which I think happened like mere months later. It was like when I had hit that first hundred K of lifetime sales, I was like, I did that. So I think that's probably one of the most proud moments that I've had. Mm, I love that. 
If I gave you a hundred thousand dollars right now, what would you do with it? Um, I would max out my Roth IRA for the year, pay off my car, and then use the rest for my first real estate investment property, which I would then hire you and Brent to help me figure out how to do. Ah, I love it. <laughs> and I did not tell her to say it. People. She no. really did it. It really is like truly the plan. So what's <laughs> been the hardest thing that you've learned around money? I would say that even when it feels like you'll never make another penny again, there's always money that's coming back to you. It's every time I felt like I'm gonna have to go find a job. I'm never going to make money again. Nobody's ever going to hire me. Um, I booked a $3,000 project 24 hours later. Like, like, so just learning that I'm always supported and I'm always going to be okay. And even when I have like flight fight or flight instincts around money, because of like my scarcity stuff in my brain, um, then I'm actually okay. And I'm never going to, nobody's going to let me (laughs) fall. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I love that. So love that. Mm -hmm. You are held. I love that. Okay. You're feeling really bougie. What do you splurge on? So I'm not really like a stuff person, but I'm big on experiences. So, and that's how my husband is too. So when we like are really balling out, it's on like a nice dinner, which we're actually doing tonight for our anniversary. We're going to have like a three course meal, like prefix menu. Um, we have season tickets to Cardinals games this year. We get season tickets to like the Fox theater. So I can see all the Broadway shows that come through. So like stuff like that, just like experiences travel. So that's I love that. how I get bougie or I like buy stupid things for my cats. <laughs> you would so say that Mariah I get <laughs> I love it hey that's great bougie experiences are bomb yes Mariah thank you so much for coming on for sharing about how to get more visible how to be seen so that yeah. we can serve the world better and we can make more freaking money I love it thank can you, you share where to find you obviously it's gonna be on the TikTok <laughs> yes yeah so TikTok and I am on Instagram a little bit it's just like not really my thing I'm not on stories and stuff regularly but both are at Mariah underscore all or just my website, MariahAltoff.com has all kinds of goodies there. So yeah. Is there any particular goodie you want my audience to know about or what's the best juiciest stuff for them that you want to share? Yeah, I do have a freelancer guide of all my favorite business tools, whether I've started, like if you're just starting out or if you're in a little more of a secure spot in your business, what I would recommend you use for all kinds of things. Um, so it's just like my top guide of business tools and resources that you could find, um, on my website, mariahaltoff.com slash freelancing dash stage. I think I, you have the link, so yes, it'll be linked in the show notes. Yeah. Go find her, go follow her, look at the woman in her element, making the magic work. And, (laughs) um, yes. Thank you so much again, Mariah. Yeah, thank you. It was so fun. 
Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you can access all the latest episodes. While you're at it, would you take a few minutes to leave a review? This will help spread the word and spread the Wealthy Woman Movement. Interested in joining the Wealthy Woman Movement? Head to www.erinbridgman.com backslash insta that's E-R-I-N-N-B-R-I-D-G-M-A-N dot com backslash I-N-S-T-A to join my email list and get wealthy women emails and text messages. No spamming, just more free value you don't want to miss. Can't wait to get connected and hear from you. Cheers for now.